We just learned in the latest medium-term budget that South Africa's debt-to-GDP ratio will escalate to 77% in the next few years, up from the current figure of around 72%. Since late 2021, the Reserve Bank has increased interest rates 10 times to bring inflation under control. The repo rate now sits at 8.25%. The impact on the bond market has been profound, with 10-year yields touching 11.5% recently, which is similar to what one would expect from equities. Bond yields have seesawed over the last year in South Africa because of withering confidence in the state of government finances and the high repo rates. In the U.S., it's a somewhat different story with higher inflation being the primary concern. What is happening in the bond market, and have we reached the peak in the interest rate cycle? To answer this question, we're joined by Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth. Hi, Adrian. Good to talk to you again. Can you answer that question for us? What is happening in the bond market, and why are yields currently so high? Hi, Kieran, and hello to everybody that's that's listening as well. Yeah, it's been a very interesting time in bond markets. Um, It's been a a period that's been characterized by quite a lot of movement. And if you think about bond markets over the last few decades, it's normally a somewhat notoriously boring space of the market. You know, people typically always want to talk about the, the equities out there, but bond markets are definitely in the spotlight at the moment and, and with very good reason. I think things have changed a lot and I think people are going to have to think very carefully about bond investing in the coming years. But um, to get back to your question on on what's driving all this change, it's predominantly uh, two things. So, and also was initiated in both cases by what we saw in COVID. So, when COVID hit, as we know, uh, all the central banks had to lower interest rates to try and keep economies afloat, full knowing that eventually, at some point in time, those rates will have to normalise and move higher. And that's the period that we've been going through now in the last eighteen months, and that's quite painful for bond investors because. Uh, typically, yields have to trade at levels slightly above where money market rates are because investors expect to be compensated for different risks um, that don't exist in the money markets. So that's been happening. And then obviously on the fiscal side, what we've seen is obviously yields that are offered on bonds need to reflect the risks as well. So if there's more risk, then obviously the yields move up as well. And the risks have certainly escalated because what we saw through COVID is a larger incurrence of, of debt in, in order to, to keep the economies afloat as well. So just thinking about things like grants and uh, food coupons in other countries and, uh, you know, it's like all those kind of things has really led to much higher debt to GDP levels in most countries around the globe. But now the policymakers need to focus on How do they reduce that debt to GDP? And if the market isn't convinced that they they can sustainably or quickly enough do that, then it needs to be priced into markets that the risks have certainly escalated. So that's largely what we've seen. Um, In South Africa's case, um, I think the risks are very well known. Um, We we mentioned the the medium budget and the issues that that were raised there, things that's been on the the government's agenda and voters' agenda for a long period of time. But we now sit with a a strong and persistent primary deficit. It doesn't look like commodity prices are going to save the day anytime soon. And unfortunately, um, the SOEs have been on our radar now for a very, very long time. And it doesn't seem like the issues there are are being resolved and new issues keep surfacing all, all the time. 
So um, you can only bail out SOEs for so long. I think, unfortunately, there, however, you know, there's little choice for for the government. You can't let the uh, electricity utility go under. I mean, that's a, a shortcut to really undermining um, all economic growth. So the issues there are all being priced in into the markets. But in, over and above that, there's an additional um, sentiment around the government's ability to really manage their finance as well. But typically what we find is that when you incur debt as a business, for example, um, typically you, you need to explain to shareholders what you want to do with that debt. Um, why should they be okay with that level of debt? What are you going to build a new factory? Um, are you going to generate more growth um, from doing so? In South Africa's case, the voters are really ultimately just experiencing what is being decided elsewhere. And unfortunately, the ideologies around how money should be spent and how debt should be incurred is all focused around making sure we look after the poor, which is an important component, and bailing out SOEs, which is important, but none of those those things are really productive spending. So you're not really spending for growth. And at some point, investors start to say, you know, you're going to land in a situation where you've racked up debt and you're not doing that to generate growth in some environment to eventually pay off those debts. So if you do that for long enough, you end up in a very bad situation. And and it's really those things. So monetary policy, yes, higher interest rates, fairly normal part of the equation, but our fiscal situation is very, very different. And we sit with quite a few SA-specific risks uh, that's being priced into our, our bond markets. All right, so you touched on risk and the risk premiums on South African bonds. They, they are at the highest level they've been in decades. What is the long-term return required for South African bonds? Yeah, so this is where things get really interesting for investors. Um, so, so yes, um, it's discouraging to see that our bonds are being punished um, uh, to reflect the risks. Um, but at the same time, um, if you look at our bonds now and, and, and a, a midterm bond is trading at, say, roughly 11%, if you take our long-term and inflation is, is roughly 4.5%, that's what they, they, they're targeting, then you're sitting with a, a real return of around 6.5%. Our expected real return from bonds um, is actually only inflation plus 25 our expected return from equities in excess of inflation is is 7%. So all of a sudden, our bond market is generating equity-like returns for investors. So definitely opportunities being created. And I think the work that you now start to do as investors to try and determine whether those higher yields and risk premiums are warranted because you might not be able to uh, to get your money back. Is there a probability of a, of a default, etc.? But um, but typically, uh, as I mentioned, the the real yield should be closer to two and a half percent, and and they're much much higher than that at the moment, and then lies the the potential opportunity. All right, now United States, that's a slightly different story. Why are the bond yields so high there, and are the reasons different to what we've just been talking about in South Africa? Yeah, I think in some cases quite similar, in, in other cases a, a bit different. So obviously they've gone through a very similar exercise from a monetary policy perspective. Rates have increased, bond yields react, they have to move higher in, in, in tune with where uh, money market rates are going. But I think even there, there's components of risks that investors are only now starting to recognize. So um, if you think back of some of the things that we've seen 
um, in the U.S. bond market. Um, if you look at uh, the debt maturity profile of, of U.S. debt, so how much of the debt is set to mature over the next one, two, three, four years, for example, as roughly half the debt is maturing um, or being called up um, over the next four years. So unless you've got rates materially lower, that debt will have to be refinanced at much higher yields. And that's going to be a problem for uh, the U.S. government who will then have to pay much higher funding rates for, for that finance, which is uh, or should be at least a, a cause for concern. We've seen already the, the debt ceiling being raised mid-year. We've seen the downgrades from um, the ratings agencies. We see China has historically been... Um, a key buyer and holder of, of U.S. Um, bills starting to offload and pivoting into other asset classes. And these are all warning signs. And, and obviously investors have reacted and um, sold bonds down. And, and that's what we see on the yields at the moment, at least in part. What about fiscal spending, particularly in the U.S.? I mean, we have seen unprecedented levels of money printing in the U.S. for all sorts of reasons, including military spending in Ukraine and the Middle East. How has the U.S. fiscal policy impacted on bond yields? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I mean, you know, I I mentioned our ideologies in South Africa around how we utilize debt. Typically, we we run after crisis after crisis to try and dig ourselves out of the typically the same holes. Um, And and if you think about the SOEs, for example, in the U.S., the culture around debt utilization is much healthier. It's almost like a corporate mindset, as I mentioned. They want to understand how debt is being utilized to keep the economy going and growing and creating jobs, um, etc. So I think that they've now moved to a place where they are quite happy to have high levels of debt. Um, as long as the debt is being used for growth, you can essentially grow yourself out of your debt problem. I think the issue is however if you um, sit in a situation where the cost of that debt becomes so high that even if growth is very high um, it's still insufficient to offset the debt cost Um, and that's something to keep in mind so um, long story short they they will have to um, do their best to to get interest rates down in the u.s pretty soon and if we look at the inflation numbers, I think the market is um, from this week's numbers already saying, well, it looks like um, inflation's under control. Um, it's tracking down, so um, we'll be okay. But I think the the concern there is if you look at the core inflation numbers, that's the issue. It's still quite sticky um, at 4%. And I think the other issue is that the high interest rates means that we're seeing some stress in the housing market in the in the u.s as well um so a, a lot of development in, in on that front all right so we, we've touched upon some of the stresses there's inflation there's a possibility of a some people are saying a bubble developing in the housing market in the u.s how are these stresses likely to impact the fed's commitment to raising rates in the united states yeah, I think what they'll ultimately do is quite similar to what we saw, you know, during that COVID and just after COVID period is where um, if you look at the, the FOMC minutes from, from their committee, it's you started to see the introduction of a lot more talk around uh, wages and employment, where the focus has been quite squarely on inflation and making sure that inflation tracks down 
um, consistently and we get it under control. Um, but obviously, they've been committed to that cause and it seems that they've done a good job. It has been tracking down. Whether it will reach the, the targets that they want long term is, is, is another discussion. But um, to, to, to try and figure out where this will ultimately land, we have to keep one eye on the on the labor market. We're already seeing some early evidence of stresses in the economy. You mentioned the housing market. Um, we've already now seen um, bankruptcies turn um, and that's starting to escalate. And, and that speaks to the fact that um, the um, debt cost or, or finance cost of debt for corporates are um, getting to a point that they are of very um, burdensome. Um, and if you then see bankruptcies, obviously, you start to see unemployment. Um, so I think the two variables that we need to watch quite closely is actually core inflation uh, as opposed to normal inflation numbers. And then um, also the initial jobless claims, which they typically release um, on Friday afternoons, just to see um, what the temperature of the labor market is. And, and they'll ultimately have to try and and balance those two things. I think where it gets incredibly uncomfortable is where you have a, a recession or, or even just a lot of bankruptcies without a recession, is, it boils down to the same thing. Um, but core inflation is, is sticky. It's gonna be very difficult for them to justify uh, lowering rates um, to save the economy, but inflation is still not under control because they might then react to keep the economy going only to unleash the um, inflation genie out of the bottle again, um, undoing a lot of the work that they've done um, with a lot of effort and pain over the last 18 months. All right. Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Well, Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Kieran, and thank you for everybody that uh, made the time to listen.